1: The NBA playoffs are here. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. You can follow the Locked On NBA pod on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's your team every day, Locked On Hornets, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. and You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and of course, show handle at Lockdown Hornets. We'll get to some of our playoff thoughts as the first round has been unveiled. We'll also get to some of the other comments we didn't get to last week. Mitch Kupchak spoke with media for the exit interview. LaMelo Ball also spoke to media. We didn't get to his comments, maybe a few other players, anything else we found noteworthy. We're going to bring to you here on the Lockdown Hornets pod. First of all, Nada, let's get to some of the playoff games from the weekend and maybe how the Charlotte Hornets would have fared because you were talking to me (laughs) about how you almost felt relieved that all of these teams were playing in the playoffs. Some of the lower seeded teams weren't able to, except for the Memphis Grizzlies, they were able to win game one against the Utah Jazz last night, but you felt good because you didn't have to watch the Hornets make it to the playoffs and then get destroyed against Philadelphia who was the most likely candidate that they were going to play. So it, you, you feel good yes. about the Hornets having been bounced early Absolutely. rather than just seeing them get destroyed for four games.
0: Look, here's the thing. These teams, especially on the West Con- Western conference side have made me rethink about how this whole like team construction thing should happen. And whether like the biggest thing that I came away with this weekend was that Mitch Kupchak was right. And that, uh, this team needed to – this team was clearly ahead of schedule. There weren't the pieces needed to compete for a roster or for, for a playoff spot. There weren't like, – again, there weren't the pieces to win a game this, this season. And I honestly think this team would have gotten pasted by 30 every single game, every single one. Like this would not have been – There was, there's no single simple like competitive series for the, for the Hornets this year. They didn't have the roster. It sucks that it fell apart. But I can't see this team even healthy with Gordon Hayward winning more than maybe a game. And and I'm stressing the maybeest of maybes. This team needs to be better from one to eight. And I don't know how you do that. But it's made me really look at this roster completely different and how big... This team like honestly, how big is this going to how big is this step going to be need to be taken to guarantee yourself at least winning a play in game? And if not winning a play in game, getting to the playoffs, earning a top six seed and then going from there, because for right now the this team doesn't just have the this team doesn't have the bench pieces and the big men to do it right now.
1: So, I mean, I, I get all of that. This was kind of a question even going into the playoffs, too. What would you rather happen? Would you rather get to the playoffs and then get destroyed four games, swept, you're out? Or would you rather just go ahead and get bounced the way that you did, maybe a little more competitively against Indiana, but still not reach that and have this lesson of f- tasting that in your mouth all off season, wanting to come back stronger and better than ever? I, I don't agree with that, Nada. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying it would be tough to watch the Charlotte Hornets get beat down for four straight games. If it was five, then at least they would have won one. But I didn't take anything away that was different than my thoughts previously from watching the first round of the playoffs. And we can even go to the Washington Wizards, who the Hornets did not play well against in the fourth quarter. Okay, so this was a this was a, a Wizards team that, yeah, they got Russ and Bradley Beal. And yet still, the Hornets, they... we're very close to having the tiebreaker in the regular season. And yeah, they lose again, but for me, it's the, the Charlotte Hornets were not all that far from the Wiz, who just lost by seven points against Philadelphia. They actually had a point lead going into halftime. I don't, Charlotte was a bad matchup or Philadelphia is a bad matchup for Charlotte too. And I completely understand that. I just didn't feel any differently. Okay, this team got destroyed. Hornets would have had that happen to them as well. That's an experience I don't want any part of. Even if you got beat down and got swept... I think there's something to be taken away from that with all of that experience more so than just the beatdown you took from Indiana, a 30 point loss, and never having the postseason experience. Give me the four games, even if they are all beatdowns. And as brutal as it may be, if we're going to say a one game beatdown is valuable, are, are we saying that an, an actual playoff series, the, the actual. Fatigue that sets in, the trying to grind it out, you get a more accurate taste. Actually, being in the playoffs more than just the play-in. So I can't subscribe to that, man. I still think it would have been more uh, more valuable.
0: I see. I would agree if it was going to be competitive, and I don't think it was going to be competitive. I think you can learn about yourself in a competitive situation. The problem is the way the roster is, uh, basically constructed. It's not competitive. It wouldn't have been competitive. There would have been just the crazy exploit. Like, they would have exploited and beat on them. And I, and I get where you believe that this wouldn't have been any, this would have been better. But at the same time, and this is something that I really just want to continue to harp on, Washington's roster was built for the play-in and the playoffs in mind. Whereas Mitch did not build this for build the Hornets roster for the play in and the playoffs in mind. That's that I feel like there's a big difference in that. That's the difference between trading for a Daniel Gafford to add six fouls and trading for different guys and ro- again reshuffling the deck. Whereas Mitch, the best thing that he gave this roster was Brad Wanamaker. Like there is an intention <laughs> for, and I guess that's one that's where where I'm going with this is there was an intention. For this to be a for the Washington Wizards to be at least a playoff team or at least compete in the playoff plan, and we'll take our chances from there. There was never an intention in the way this roster was built for me to ever feel comfortable about this. Well, not ever, but in, in retrospect, feeling good about this team competing in any sort of playoff matchup when they're young, they're inexperienced, and the holes on the roster were as big as they were. And I think that's where it is.
1: Yeah, And, and yet, and, OK, but yet they still ended up where they were on actually somewhat of a downslide at the end of the season. And, and, and yet they still were in playoff contention. If they were ahead of schedule, couldn't we have gotten more ahead of schedule had they just not blown one of the last five games of the regular season, as well as the bad one against Indiana, possibly having to win that other one, definitely having to win the other one. So uh, I, I get it when we're trying to measure expectations and what these teams actually achieved. When you bring up how Washington was built and how Charlotte was built, and we can do that, right? Like we can say Washington, having traded for Russell, people had them in the playoffs outright, even being one of those top eight seeds and certainly closer to it than Charlotte agreed. But then we see how the season plays out, and it's why you can't just take home to the bank the expectations that you set preseason. So we can say, okay, Charlotte overachieved, Washington might have underachieved, and then done something pretty spectacular in the second half of the season. Bottom line is both of those teams are right there. And Washington... With the younger players like a Rui Hachimura, like a Denny Avdia, they're going to have the veterans and they're going to have the playoff experience to watch Russell Westbrook, how he operates. They're not going to Hornets players aren't going to get to watch Terry Rogier how he operates through a four game series. They're not going to get to watch even maybe a Cody Zeller to some degree how he operates through a four game series. And you can laugh at the Cody Zeller one if you want, if you were against centers, but he's the only one that showed up going seven of seven against Indiana. So you can laugh at it all you want, but he wasn't laughing. He was playing better than anybody else besides miles in that game against Indiana. I I just, I have a hard time saying, well, thank God we dodged all of that. Yeah, it would have been hard. I mean, it might've been hard to watch, but if we're really trying to say Indiana's blowout was so beneficial I just can't say if we're saying that's beneficial, I can't say that the four game blowout would have been less. In fact, I think it would have been more so we can talk about the playoffs going forward. We can also get to Mitch Kupchak and LaMelo Ball's comments in just a moment as well. But first, I do want to discuss headspace with everyone. Wouldn't it be great if there were a podcast size guide that helped you sleep, focus, act and just be better There is. And if you've got 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three minute SOS meditation for you. And if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you. On your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockdown NBA. That's headspace.com slash lockdown NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. We'll get to Mitch Kupcheck and LaMelo Ball's comments in their exit day interviews coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets.
0: I kicked the outlet past Doug and I let him run with it because you know what? He's going to do something that's going to be funnier than what I can do right now. I recognize <laughs> <Okay>. my limitations <laughs> and I'm going from there. Wow, that's a lot that of that a but self deflection
1: within that teeing it up oh, for Doug. man. <laughs> got, got a little dark there. Yeah, end. really did. Uh, we did. We um, mentioned self lo- self loathing <laughs> yesterday, and now we mentioned this. Not are you okay, buddy? We're gonna we're gonna talk through it. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor that is always so damn good? When you talk to Built Bar fans, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. We've talked about it a ton. The coconut, the blue wrappers, they ran Built Bar Madness as they should have, but there are also plenty of other good flavors, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. In fact, they're all Covered in chocolate, and they're soft and they're easy to chew. Best of all, they're high in protein, they're high in fiber, they're low in sugar, they're low in calories, they're low in in all the bad stuff. You got um, protein, and it's just good tasting, delicious treat after a workout. It's always so fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked fifteen, and you'll get fifteen percent off your first order. Use promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. One of the reasons that they did outperform expectations, the Charlotte Hornets this year, nada on for the overall season. It was LaMelo ball, the way that he was playing before he had that broken wrist. And even after he gave us a few really good games and helped us win a few times, it was LaMelo having the good shooting numbers. And I think that was maybe the most surprising to, I guess, even the the biggest of LaMelo Ball truthers, even if you believed in a shot, right? Even if you thought that a shot was going to be okay. I don't know if anybody thought he'd be shooting 38% from three on the kind of volume he was taking them before he had that broken wrist. I don't know if anybody was going that far on the spectrum saying this is how good of a shooter he can be. He comes back, he shoots under 30% from three and just the small sample guys uh, size, those 10 games that he played when he did return point being he did talk about the wrist in his exit day interview and he said he couldn't really follow through he said it it was it was strenuous to try to follow through when he came back and played those last 10 games and you could see it I think affect his shot more so than it affected other parts of his game what did you make of LaMelo Ball's comment on his wrist
0: I question why they brought him back in the first place like that's where I'm at with this. Like, why bring him back? Was this to bring him back to solidify the rookie of the year thing? Because you know what? I I would have preferred a, a Lamella with a fully working wrist. Was this to solidify just a playing game? Because you know what? Damn the playing game. Like, that's the future. That kid is the future of this franchise. And risking him unnecessarily when he doesn't – like, he was – at best, what, 65 70% guy? If that's going to be the case, I don't see the point in putting him out there. Like, I know he wants to play. I know this, that, and the third. But there's, there has to be a grown-up in the room to say, hey, guys, um, maybe this is not a smart idea to put a guy without a functional wrist in there because – If he can't shoot the ball accurately or his touch is not going to be the same thing, he can't really follow through, then what's going to happen is you're going to get him killed going to the bucket, which is what happened, where he got swiped and hacked and everything else like that. So if you're telling me that you sent him in there and and you made him one-dimensional, I just don't see the point in all of it at all. I really don't. I really wish I – like, I wish I did. But I kind of don't.
1: Yeah. These are always tough discussions. And I've even mentioned the mental wrestling match that I have within myself. Anytime we discuss injuries with players, how soon they can come back, because ultimately it's the training staff and who we're taking the advice from. And we should. That is why you employ the training staff. Ultimately, as a general manager and a head coach, you can decide to sit one of your players down for the rest of the season just to be extra cautious. But if the training staff is telling you that they're good to go and you also have something to play for that you could find valuable down the road, then I could also get that. I think the angriest I got with James Borrego and whoever decided to put LaMelo ball in. I mean, it's eventually James Borrego who has that call. It was when he hit his wrist in one of the first couple of games back after returning on the backboard going for, I think it was a block or whatever in transition, something like that. And after that, he was grabbing it even more so than we had seen further down the 10 game line. When he was still playing, when he came back in, I think Malik Monk came in for LaMelo at that point, and then LaMelo came back in later. It's like, man, he just hit his wrist on the backboard after returning a couple of games ago from what was a broken wrist on his ball-dominant hand, which has to make it harder to shoot. It has to make it harder to have those fireball flick passes that LaMelo can do immediately upon stepping onto an NBA court. That was my biggest problem, I, and I expressed my anger here on the podcast right after. Like, take him out of the bleeping game at that point. And so, when it became so apparent, I just wonder if it was really all him continuing to get that thing loose that actually being beneficial. But I also go back to the Kevin Durant thing, not a where the training staff was so adamant. Apparently that they weren't that he wasn't going to re-injure it that there wasn't any bigger risk that he was going to re-injure it than before the injury that he suffered when he came back in the NBA finals and what did he do he comes in back and, and tears his Achilles granted way more serious injury but I remember listening to like Zach Lowe talk with you know scientists right training staff And doctors saying, like, yeah, I don't know why their training staff said that over in Golden State. There is a possibility to re-injure this. And if he is clearly the face of your franchise, then I really hope that there were plenty of opinions saying, no, he's good. He's just got to get that thing loose.
0: Yeah, no, like that, like a lot of this becomes one of those things where. If you're an athlete, like, you can't trust the team doctors because the team doctors at certain points are going to side with the team and the team only. They're not going to have the athlete's best, best interest at heart. And, like, I don't want this to be another a case of this, but it just might be. If this is going to be the case, like, then... Like if you're Lamelo, this is a lesson that you've learned, and now you're not gonna go. You're not gonna do anything without another independent doctor, are you? Like that's the lesson here, and now it puts a it casts a shadow of a doubt on train on a training staff that for the most part I've given the benefit of the doubt for. So, like I just at least for me, I really, really could have done without hearing that, oh, yeah, my wrist wasn't right. I really could have done without it. And the fact that he played on it makes me, gives me, like, I look at that entire building. I give the entire building a side eye, not just LaMelo for going along with it. But this is the entire, like, this is the entire staff I look at. Like, we, I just look at it just in a completely different manner at this point now.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and it's, again, it's always tough because we, we have no clue what would the training staff was saying right afterwards and what it was ultimately, you know, whose decision. I'm not saying that LaMelo was for sure going to re-injure this and then be completely sacrificed trying to make this playoff run and his future was going to be something that was risky, but I, I just... I felt uneasy. And then when you hear that comment, of course it was bothering him. This wasn't anything new. We could see it bother him out there on the court every time that he went to massage it or trying to loosen it up himself. And you just hope that everything was okay. But what we got, at least we got to the end, right? When we haven't heard any reports that he re-injured it. And, you know, eventually... It, it Lamello was also saying in that comment, it's going to get there. Just got to get better every single day. It, eventually, my wrist is going to go back to normal and we'll all be fine. So we'll see exactly how soon that is and how Lamello looks coming back once he does so next season. You're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps you make your life easier. You need Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed. Match your job description fast. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy, and with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed Skills Test, that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. We'll get to a few of the comments that Mitch Kupchak had in his exit interview. Coming up next, Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And i th- th- that That feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in and I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Mitch Kupchak spoke Thursday, I believe, with local media. Long interview discussing what he thought of the season and what they might need to do going forward. And I'll tell you this, anytime Mitch Kupchak speaks with media, even last year, you always get a sense that he's got the right idea on how to build this team. I feel comforted with some of the things that he says, what they value. For instance, the comments on when he gives out contracts this offseason because he acknowledges that they're going to be players because of all the cap space that they have. They have to make sure that they're not giving out huge contracts to people that are really going to hurt the payroll the second, third and fourth years down the line. You can hear all of that and you can feel comforted. And it's completely okay to also look at the experience, the actions of one Mitch Kupchak with the Lakers, way different, but also the Gordon Hayward signing, which some people have come to peace with. Some people hated it. Whatever your opinion on the Gordon Hayward piece is, we did not expect that given Mitch Kupchak's comments beforehand. He can change his mind too. He said, "Yeah, we didn't expect Gordon Hayward to be available, so we made the co- so we made the contract offer." Okay, fair enough. But that still does not match what your comments were previously before you extended Gordon Hayward that deal. So I still I I still think that Mitch Kupchak overall has the right image in mind, has the one that I like, certainly, and how to build this team long term. It seems like he has realistic expectations of what this roster is, and, and that makes me happy. Not only is he realistic, but he's transparent with those realistic expectations and that's always something that comforts me we'll see if the actions bear out or if they change like they did at least with one move in the gordon hayward signing.
0: yeah that's that's the interesting the gordon hayward signing because again before that this was oh my god we're saving money we're saving money we're not going to be big players this or anything like that i and i understood that one i completely understood that one it's really interesting to me because he was very... One thing he mentioned was the center position and the need for not one, but two centers. And I think I saw Hornets Twitter just blow up with the, we just wasted two second round picks on centers, that sat and the third. And it's like, calm down. I don't think... I, 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 there's a part of me that believes that I really just don't think that Carrie and Richards are going to be ready For at least another year and change And that's okay Because at this point I think the plan was To always get new centers next year And the only thing that I worry about And it's something that I brought up On this podcast before I do wonder if The one aspect that This team can't seem to get Like the proper scouting on Is center Because if you remember They offered Andre Drummond something. And if you look at Andre Drummond out in LA with better defenders, he doesn't look very good.
1: Well, the Drummond reports have always been really hazy, man. Like, you know, they're look, I mean, I, I think Drummond might not be the greatest example, just because we had heard things from Drummond that were never confirmed that other outlets would never truly confirm. Maybe they had some kind of inquired interest on Drummond that may have just been a feeler to see how much money he would cost. But, you know, the Drummond stuff has always been extremely shaky to me. It does seem like they were interested in Montrez Hero, which guy. I know you still have yes. your problems with. Yes. hundred percent. And I get that. I get that, right? I think when we saw Montrez in the playoffs last year, I think he became... Underrated to a certain degree, he's not going to come in and 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 help your defensive inefficiencies. Noted. I, I I agree with you, Nada. It's it's not like I truly wanted Matre of the contract that he would go for, but he also isn't bad. I mean, he's not a bad basketball player. I think you would agree that he's. I mean, is he better than Cody and Biz? For sure, Biz. For sure, B. Cody. No. Offensively, no. I mean, for Co- Cody, offensively. And, and, and you know, for me, they also tried to go after Christian Wood, but eventually Houston ponied up a little bit more. So like the, the evaluating of the center thing, I'll say this too. Like the second round picks that they had in Vernon Carey and Nick Richards, if people really think and want to bet on that, those were going to be pillars of the organization moving forward, then you just have the wrong outlook on what second round picks are frequently. Maybe you've been, a little spoiled by Mitch Kupchak, drafting a good guy in Devonte Graham, who becomes a real part of this roster, depending on how you feel about the Martin twins. They're certainly getting playing time. Jalen McDaniels is a nice project, But you don't see teams get these kinds of second round picks constantly contributing on the court in meaningful games. You can't have that type of outlook with every single second round pick. And just because they're centers doesn't mean that this is going to be any that they're going to come in and play all of this time as well. I I think Vernon Carey probably should have seen the floor a little more than, than Nick Richards. But still, it's not like anything you can bank on. I, I think that's to your point, not a little bit yeah, more like so. Yeah, like
0: relying on second rounders is unsustainable as a practice to fill up. Relying on second rounders to to fill out your bench and to essentially take up roster spots—that's unsustainable. Quite like point blank. Period. You cannot rely on that at, at, for for a long term project. However. If it's supplement, again, you can supplement. And that's kind of where I'm at with this roster rebuild, too, is, like, you're going to have to get some reliable veterans. Hopefully they come cheap. They should because the market's fairly depressed. But you're going to have to fill out this bench with a whole bunch of veterans soon, like, guys that know what they're doing, guys that you can put around these kids because you. I think you generally have your core now. Now it's time to supplement them and put them in the right environment to start winning games, and possibly, possibly go to a playoff game. I think that's the big thing that I've learned is that there are too many kids now. It's time to get some adults, more adults in the room that know their roles and know what to do to stay in the league and go from there. And I think it's time to switch some stuff around. So, I, again, when it comes to the center position, I do – the, the Montrezl Harrell thing scared uh, like the desire for Montres Harrell always scared me. The now, in terms of what they're going to do with center, just anybody but Drummond. I'm, I'm at the point it's like anybody but Drummond, and even if that means they're trading up for Evan Mobley, which is my new thing for this summer, all in for Evan, and, and we're just let's do that, let's go all in for that. But I, I they need a center.
1: Well, hold on. Hold on. Well, hold on one second. When you say all in for Evan, I mean, Nada. you gotta give me what kind of offer you're going to send to try to get all the way to really the second overall pick in the NBA draft. What all are you giving up?
0: Let's see. Um, at least miles or miles or PJ and as many as maybe three or four first rounders.
1: Oh God! No, you're getting you're you're getting rid of the fall. Oh
0: yes, the, anything that's okay. not Lamelo and not nailed down. That's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, I I love Evan Mobley too, and I I I love what Evan Mobley can give you. I'm not giving up three to four first rounders and one of your promising players for the future, but. Evan Mobley would be fantastic. And and I I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. We have to hope for lottery luck, which we're going to be in. We're we're going to have the lottery luck. And by the way, just an update. I think that there is going to be a coin flip tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, between the Spurs to see if the Spurs or the Hornets on whether they get the 11th or the 12th pick. So I think it's going to happen tomorrow. We can uh, certainly update everyone on that, maybe Wednesday after that happens. But I know it's supposed to happen at some point this week, and we'll find out if the Hornets are locked in once again for that 11th overall pick like they've had so many times in the past or if they'll get the 12th pick, which they've also had experience. I think Miles Bridges, when they traded back, they got him in the 12th pick. All right, we'll talk some more about Mitch Kupchak's comments, maybe go a little bit more into detail coming up tomorrow. But thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We appreciate your support. We appreciate Built Bar support. Same thing with Headspace. Everybody that partners with us here on the network. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you guys head out, I need you guys to go check the Locked On Today podcast. First things first, the Knicks were left stunned, and Father Time lost at the PJA Championship with Phil Mickelson. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast, Tell them Walker and Nada from the Locked On Hornets podcast sent you. Talk to you all tomorrow.